My goal is not to help women to have hobbies. My goal is to help women have real businesses and real businesses make money. And we need as women to become comfortable with that reality and understand what it means to have a business that makes money and what goes into it to make the money and to take ourselves away from these ideas of maybe depending on somebody else to give us the things that we want, or even the ideas of our fears that we won't achieve what we want in terms of our businesses if we try. I want to make money. Yep, I said it, and you should too, especially if you're an entrepreneur or business owner. It seems obvious, but as my guest today will explain, that idea and saying those words out loud is what holds so many people back. Leslie Cooster is the founder and CEO of Back From Bali, an e-commerce fashion brand that she scaled from 50,000 to multi-millions in just a few years. She achieved most of the growth on Amazon, a platform that is always challenging, but can work wonders for your business if you know the ins and the outs. She does, and she shared just that on this episode, including how Amazon has been changing its terms of service around images, what kind of SEO strategies will work well, and what it takes to connect with customers even when facing certain restrictions. Plus, Leslie has a ton of advice for all kinds of entrepreneurs, and women in particular, about what it takes to turn something that was more of a hobby into a business worth millions. Enjoy the episode. Really quick, I want to say thank you, thank you to our awesome sponsor, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm going to allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent State of Commerce report. Hi, this is John from Salesforce. Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash commerceinsights. That's sfdc.co slash commerceinsights, one word. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you to subscribe to our weekly e-commerce newsletter at mission.org slash upnextincommerce. It's amazing. It's great. You will learn a lot of good things. Go subscribe. Hey there, and welcome back to Up Next in Commerce. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, CEO at mission.org. Today, I'm chatting with Leslie Cooster, who currently serves as a CEO and founder of the women's clothing brand, Back From Bali, and an author of a new book. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and excited. I'm excited to have you on the show too. So I want to go into your background first, and then we can get into Back From Bali and the book that you are currently uh, about to publish. So tell me a bit about you. How did you you know, get into the world of e-commerce and building companies? It's really simple. I didn't want to get a job. That was how it all started. So, I mean, we're going back really quite a long time. We're going back like 30 years. And I had traveled through Indonesia and I fell in love with the experience of traveling and having freedom and not being in an office. But when I returned back to New York City, which is where I lived at the time, 
I needed to find a job and I just didn't want to. And I literally had a light bulb moment where I remembered the beautiful fabrics and clothing I had seen in Bali, Indonesia when I was traveling. And I just had an idea. I wonder what would happen if I jumped on the plane and I went back to Bali and I bought clothing off the streets and brought it back to New York and sold it at street fairs or some kind of markets. I wonder what would happen. And um, my desire to not get a job was so strong at the time that I just did it. And I literally jumped back, went back, bought, brought it back to New York, sold at street fairs. And I was bombarded, uh, literally, like women were attacking my booth. Um, it was like chaos there because they had mm -hmm. never seen such beautiful clothing. It was a at that time, 30 years ago, it was quite original to bring Batik back. And that's a long time ago how my business started and why I started the business. Amazing. So like how many pounds of clothing were you bringing back? I'm just imagining having like 20 suitcases that you're kind of shipping back with you. Like, what did that actually look like? Oh, it was much more simple than that. It yeah. was, you know, this is in the days when you're like, you can bring back a lot of, you know, suitcases um, mm -hmm. at the air airlines. But I think I had one of those like giant uh, duffel bags, you know, the, the ones that like you could put a body into it. Yeah. And maybe I had one or two of those. It was only me. So I, I didn't have much. And then I sold out. I would sell out in a matter of a few weeks. And I literally jumped back on the plane, would buy more and then sell out again. And then, I mean, eventually I started a, a more of a business. So eventually I started to go to expos and, and do wholesaling uh, and to start, you know, importing clothing from Indonesia and selling to stores, which is a, an awful business. <laughs> and I really disliked it even back then. Mm -hmm. um, and so when the whole world of e-commerce started, which is, which is then, so, you know, we're talking about, I mean, I think I had my first website in the 1990s. It was some kind of Yahoo website. Nice. Uh, then I was able to get onto Amazon very early. And um, I think it was or maybe 2007, 2008, 2009, some, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, it completely transformed my entire business. Amazing. So when I was looking into it a bit, I saw that through 2011, maybe you were making like 50K in sales or something like that. And then all of a sudden you had this moment where you're like, it's time to make some real money. We're going to scale this thing. I want to hear a bit about, you know, where did that aha moment come from? And how were you so confident that you're like, I'm going to scale it now. Now's the time. Yeah, my whole life changed at that point. Um, I, you know, I had this business for quite a long time. I was doing okay with it. Um, when I say okay, um, exactly what you just said. At that time, I was doing about 50000 a year on Amazon. And I was starting to feel like I could be doing so much better than I was actually doing. In my life, I've always, my focus has always been on freedom, which is why I didn't want to get the job. And so what I realized at that point in my life is I did have freedom, but I was limiting myself because I was not willing to work that hard in order to improve my business to a level where it was generating much more in sales. Mm -hmm. And I had kind of a very honest uh, moment with myself where I felt like, actually, I want money and I want to make more money. 
saying a statement like that is is not actually in a way politically correct and especially for women and you're not really supposed to say it you know even inside yourself you're supposed to say more things like i want to help people or i want to you know i want to i want the money so i can send my kids to school or you know all of this kind of we have so many judgments over whether you should or shouldn't make money and what the purpose of it is but as i was sitting in that chair i felt like i want to be honest and i actually want to make more money i want to pay for my dream home with my husband i don't want to wait for him to have to buy it for me mm-hmm. and i said to myself in that moment there's just no way i am not waking up on my next birthday doing over 100,000 a year just no way and this is really it was an epiphany moment and it just completely changed my whole trajectory of my life and my business and it came from being honest with where i was at and that i wasn't happy with myself and being honest about what i wanted which was more money and more success um, in my business so that i can fuel the life i really wanted yeah i love that so i mean i know you coach a lot of women as well and i want to hear you know, how many times do you encounter this when you go out and you're talking to women who maybe want to start businesses and they have these ideas? I know earlier on, you were like, a business is here to make money. Like how many times do you encounter where women want to do something, but it's more just, oh, I want to, you know, like you said, change the world, be able to stay at home with my kids. Like I want to do it as a lifestyle thing instead of actually growing a big business and making money and having, you know, an even better lifestyle because of that. I was speaking to uh, one of my my clients. It was one of actually our first uh, conversations. And um, she's a jewelry designer and uh, she had beautiful jewelry and everything. And she said to me, you know, I just want to make like some extra money. I just want to make like 15. If I can make fifteen hundred dollars a month, you know, profit, I would be so happy. And that's really all I want. And I said to her, well, I'm probably not the coach for you because that is not a business. My goal is not to help women to have hobbies. My 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 goal is to help women have real businesses and real businesses make money. And we need as women to become comfortable uh, with that reality and understand what it means to have a business that makes money and what goes into it to make the money and to take ourselves away from these ideas of of um, maybe depending on somebody else to give us the things that we want, or even the ideas of, of, of our fears that we won't achieve what we want in terms of our businesses if we try. So there's a lot of fear to even try at all because maybe we won't succeed. So there's so many mindset issues. And one of the biggest uh, things that I did in order to propel my business from 50,000 to multiple seven figures, which it is now, has to do with what happens inside you know, your head and your mindset mm-hmm. and your belief, whether you think you can or can't do something. I made a decision. I was going to do it. Um, and therefore, there were steps then to take. But it all started with that decision and also that I really wanted it. It, it was what I wanted really badly. Yeah, it seems like that would also be a continual process every day of making that choice, wanting to get out there, do the hard work. It's, you know, you have that initial big decision of like, I actually want this, but then what does that look like afterwards? So how do you keep people excited that you're coaching or kind of show them that, you know, this is a long game that we're playing here. It's not just to make $1,500 a month. It's not just to have a business for a year. Like this is a long game. Yeah. There's a few things you have to have a vision and you have to know your why. So 
a vision is, is kind of the big picture. And I think this is also a mistake some entrepreneurs make that they feel sometimes that their goals or something or their vision is, is to, for example, um, just have a revenue goal, or it's just to create a, a fantastic new company with a wonderful new product, all wonderful goals and ideas. But we need a deeper vision, okay? We need to really get into the deeper why you want to be doing this. You know, what is it that is propelling you? Because entrepreneurship is not easy. I am dealing with issues right now as we speak with, with my Amazon business that are not easy. And this is the life of an entrepreneur that it is really very up and very down. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have a big vision and a big why to keep you going because otherwise, why do it? You might as well get a job that's going to pay for your vacations and your time off. So you need to know that why. And in my case, it was so strong. My why was I didn't want to get a job. I did want to make a certain amount of money. I wanted the freedom in my life. I wanted more. I wanted to build skills and, and know what I could accomplish. If you were just like, I'm comfortable, I don't really have to, uh, it's not, you know, uh, if you're blocked because of your money uh, mindset, your money stories, such as, you know, people who go after money are greedy. All of these mindset issues are going to keep your business small. So the beauty of being an entrepreneur really is it is a lifelong university in self-development uh, from the inner to the outer, from the inner skills of your mindset, of uh, connecting to who you are, what you really want, what you really believe and the outer skills of what you actually need to do to accomplish those and your vision. Yeah, I completely agree. It also, it seems like there's so many choices now that have to be made that maybe weren't around, you know, 50 years ago or something like women are kind of doing everything. They're trying to be the best mom. They're trying to, you know, work or grow a business or whatever it may be, balance the household. I mean, I read that essentially one woman is doing the work of like 30 people. Like back in the day, 30 people used to chip in and help with kids and family and cooking and all this. And now it's like all on the women. And to me, that always just makes me think like, how do you choose? And how do you, you know, not feel guilty around maybe not spending that extra hour with your kids? And once again, that is a mindset thing because that guilt and those ideas, I think come from the community and the people around you and how you grew up and family and then just history. And it's hard to really, you know, be able to look at it all and not feel those feelings because they've kind of gotten ingrained in women. Oh God, that's so incredibly true. And that's why we have to get honest with ourselves and what it is that we really want and to see what those messages are. And, you know, are you living your own authentic life? Are you living your own authentic business? You know, this, these are the questions we have to ask ourselves. This is like, it's, it's really life is is nothing more than inner work, truthfully. Mm -hmm. That is really the work. Yeah. And then we manifest on the outside through our businesses or the choices that we make. And for women, we have the extra struggle of having children and taking care of uh, children. And even if you don't have children, there's, there's always extra pressure on yeah. women to like, you know, empty the dishwasher and do the main cooking and, you know, organize, you know, what you're going to do on the weekend for social life, you know? So we have more on our shoulders which is what has kept women economically uh, in not a very good situation because we've been yep. too busy and not able to have the time to do the other. And I think it is essential now that 
women put focus on developing their their businesses and their entrepreneurial life and skills um, so they can have complete control and independence in their own lives. And and that might mean getting more babysitters and that might mean, you know, giving up some family time. I mean, you can't have it all at the same moment. This is one thing I want to say. I don't believe in balance, but I believe over time there's balance, you know, but Mm -hmm. maybe for that month, there's no balance. And maybe for that year, there's no balance. Um, If you're a young mother or something, maybe there's no balance. You know, there's just your baby and maybe you have a business and there's no balance. There's just your baby business. But Mm -hmm. over time, there could be business. So I don't think we should be looking for balance all the time. So I want to talk a bit about back to Bali, back from Bali. I want to hear more about, you know, the behind the scenes there, what that looks like now. I know you're talking about struggling with some Amazon stuff and, you know, moving to e-commerce. I want to kind of hear, you know, what did it take to build an e-commerce business and scale it? Like, what did that actually look like? Yeah. So as I said, when I kind of started this journey, I was, you know, it was doing okay. I was doing about 50,000 a year on Amazon, which is actually not okay, but it's, you know, not, it's not, not bad, but to, to be successful in e-commerce on Amazon, first of all, you have to realize how it was then is also different to how it is now. There's been, you know, a big, huge shift, but there are certain basic principles in selling on Amazon that are really important that I, I don't know if everybody really is aware of it, and such, you know, that, for example, listing optimization. And I don't know if you want me to get into the, yeah, let's the dive into the details. kind of things, but um, in order, you know, you know, as you, as everybody knows, Amazon is basically a search engine. And so you're typing in keywords um, to find whatever product you want. So therefore there needs to be a lot of research behind the product that you want to bring to market and understand what those top keywords would be that people are searching for. And so, Product optimization basically means that is you're creating a listing, you're creating the title, Amazon's based on the title, the bullets, uh, the description, and you are basically punching in those top keywords um, into the title, the description, and into the bullets in order to pop up in your optimization. And your pictures have to be, you know, a certain size and they need to be white background. Although now Amazon is now asking for more lifestyle pictures. And this is a change. This is I'm in the clothing category. So every category is different. This is this is very recent. This is as of maybe three or four months ago that Amazon is now wanting lifestyle pictures in your listing where before you are actually against terms of service if you put lifestyle pictures in. The fundamentals of building an Amazon business is having a a product listing that is keyword heavy and supports the optimization of, of, of that listing. So that's like incredibly important. And then, of course, it's about understanding the data. So this is a completely data driven business. And Amazon actually supplies you with a huge back end of reports and data. And I think um, when I first started, I didn't even know about it. And I certainly didn't understand what that meant and how you're supposed to be using it. But one thing that that I really learned is that you, when you have a product and it's starting to sell, 
then what is really important is to then ask yourself, like, how can you expand on that one product? So a mistake that, that sellers make is they do this product, maybe they should bring in this product and they bring in that product. But if you have a product that's starting to sell, you actually want to really look at that product and you want to see what can you sell that is extremely similar to it or almost identical to it in order to expand. So for example, if my, I sell sarongs, women's sarongs, I sell women's cover-ups, I sell women's uh, dresses. So if my one product, which is, for example, a peacock sarong uh, was selling very, very well, I would start to see, okay, well, what other colors does that come in and start to bring in other colors? What other sizes that come in? Can I sell it in a short sarong? Can I sell it in a plus size sarong? And you want to start to expand your product line based on sellers that are actually working. And the only way to really know these things is to, is to look at the data and look at the reports that you get from Amazon as to, did that product sell? Is it selling because it's in that color, but maybe it's not selling because it's in green, but yet the product is really great in black. So you can't cancel that product. So this is the way you have to think as an e-commerce um, seller is really looking and studying your numbers and the data that you're getting from Amazon. Hey there, are you enjoying the show so far? Well, imagine your company's advertising placed right in this very spot during a future interview with another elite e-commerce mind. Imagine your messaging and logo directly connected to the industry's most prominent innovators and thought leaders, distributed across every major podcast platform and social network. Yeah, well, it's time to stop imagining. Learn how you can partner with Upnext in Commerce and sponsor this very show. Reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org and let's have a conversation. To go back to the keyword piece before, do you think they're going to shift that? Just like you said, they shifted the lifestyle rules. You couldn't have that before and now you can. Do you think when it comes to like the keyword strategy, that they're eventually going to change that? Because to me, they've always felt a little bit behind when it comes to Google and, you know, thinking about like how search engines find products. And when I see some of the listings that have a bunch of keywords stuffed in the top of Amazon, I'm like, oh, this is a short-term strategy. Like they're going to eventually figure out how to do search in a way that's not solely keyword driven. Like Google's not solely keyword driven anymore. And if you keyword stuff your website, it may actually not help with search rankings and it may not do what you want anymore like it used to. How do you, how are you uh, thinking about that? I actually can't imagine that it will change because that's the way humans think. You know what I mean? Like, like they think like, I want to, you know, I want to go to this barbecue this weekend um, and I need um, a white shawl to match my dress or, you know, mm-hmm. like there's, yeah. so, and so therefore they're thinking in that way. But what, what you're saying also is that's not the only thing that will get you a, 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 pay, a, a page one rank. And that's yeah. absolutely true on Amazon. So just because your, your listing is optimized and that's really important, it doesn't mean that's going to be the, the only thing that's going to get you on page one of Amazon. And that's the goal for every seller is to get on, to get on page one. And so the other ways that one, what one really needs to do is to do PPC ads, which is, which are Amazon sponsored ads. So, um, and in that case, again, you are bidding on keywords. So again, that whole thing is keyword heavy also. Um, so that's something that I utilize a lot and sellers utilize a lot. And you really, you really can't run an Amazon business or it's hard to without doing PPC ads. Mm-hmm. Got it. 
So when thinking about, you know, your own website versus Amazon, how do you think about the balance? Are you skewing traffic towards maybe your website sometimes more than Amazon or Amazon more than your website? How do you think about controlling both those platforms? You know, it's a really good question. It's something I honestly have struggled with a lot. So I started my website oh, about, I would say about three or four years ago. So I had my Amazon a shop going for a lot longer. And when I started, I was like, you know, gung ho and I want to, you know, do advertising and I want to, you know, send audiences directly to my website and, you know, let Amazon do its thing. And I'm going to build a whole new build up the, the website and have major sales and everything. Well, this did not happen. So I, I hired marketing, I did advertising, I did Google ads, I did Facebook ads, I did you know all the traditional ways one gets traffic to your website. And I honestly did not find that it worked. Um, I felt that I would need to put in a tremendous amount of money in marketing and in, in advertising um, I'm in a very competitive market, women's clothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Google ad- advertising, for example, was extremely expensive for me. So if I wanted to really blow up my, my own website, I would have had to put so much more money into it. So at some point I asked myself the question, is it worth it? And maybe is it better that I put that same money into my PPC ads on Amazon? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm already, they already have, you know, 200 million users there. And why not try to really blow up my, my own sales that are already doing well, rather than trying to put fuel on a fire that doesn't, ha- it has only smoke. Mm-hmm. So that's what I decided to do. And uh, I have decided to basically go all in on my Amazon sales. I continue my my website, I continue doing more um, email marketing um, and building that up, but it is not where I put all my advertising dollars any longer. Got it. And then what about, you know, social media or new channels that are popping up? How are you thinking about those? Um, I also feel the same way. I have not built my multiple seven-figure business by doing advertising outside of Amazon or by driving mm-hmm. people there from Facebook or Instagram. Um, I know other sellers might have, but that has not been my experience. So I really keep my my dollars within the Amazon system and I expand my products lines there. And yes, I'm on Facebook and yes, I'm on Instagram and yes, I'm on Pinterest and yes, I post and um, I keep all of those channels active. I'm on TikTok now. I have a very big following on YouTube. I've got you know, 100,000 subscribers on on YouTube. Um, So I do all the social media, but I do not think that's the reason for my e-commerce success on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if all your sales are coming or most of them coming from Amazon, then yeah, that's that's definitely true. How do you feel about, you know, connecting with your consumer? Because that's the only thing I think about when it comes to Amazon, not having that first party data, not having that direct connection with your customer. And if all of a sudden they, you know, switched either, I mean, I know their ads are already expensive and have gotten more expensive over the past couple of years, but like if they switch something where it's all of a sudden hard to find your brand and then there's so many more, you know, competitors in the marketplace, how do you think about, you know, getting to your consumer in other ways? 
Yeah, well, as I said, I do have um, my own list, my own email list of my customers that, you know, I build and I build that list regularly. So I am able to communicate directly with, with them. And you're absolutely right. That's the problem with Amazon is Amazon doesn't actually allow you to contact their customers. Uh, there are kind of ways, which is you do have you do have um, an ability to send through certain services that Amazon approves. And by using certain uh, text that Amazon approves, you are able to send follow-up emails to every customer that gets a product. So I'm dealing with customer emails a lot. So I am actually able to connect directly with Amazon customers. What I'm not allowed to do is I'm not allowed to pitch them. I'm not allowed to say, guess what? We just got, you know, in this new, new dress or outfit and, you know, I want to tell you about it. So I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And the other way is um, that you kind of have to deal with with Amazon, which is on the product page itself. So every, as everybody knows, they could leave product reviews or Amazon changed the word from reviews to ratings now. And there is a, a way to, to, for me to know what all of those reviews are. And I do regularly go through them all. Again, it's a, a report that Amazon uh, enables me to see. And I'm able to respond to those reviews as well if there's problems and things like that. So I do feel there actually is some connection. Um, and mm-hmm. I do notice also that I have a lot of repeat customers because people tell me that. And I can also see um, how many orders certain customers have given. Yeah, I could see having those emails from the consumers, like interesting ways to connect with them. Like, what if you were like, hey, I have this new piece of content, like I'm headed to Bali again. If you want to check out where these clothes are sourced from, go here. Can you do anything like that that kind of sends them in a different direction? Nope. <laughs> okay. on, on, on the website, obviously, I can do whatever I want yeah. with those emails, but on Amazon, absolutely not. I mean, there's a lot of people that do kind of against what's called terms of service. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's, um, a, a, there's, a, there's a lot of sellers doing things that Amazon doesn't want them to do. I have always run my business uh, incredibly uh, clean. I do not do black hat marketing at all. But there are sellers who, for example, will include in their packaging, you know, um, some kind of postcard or whatever, you know, come to my, you know, go here and, you know, you'll get this or. That seems smart. I don't know if that's black hat. I would totally do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of people who do do that. Yeah. Uh, so there, there kind of are ways. I mean, there's a risk with Amazon. There is a risk with Amazon. You don't own the customer, as you said. They can change their policies. It's something I had said to you. I'm dealing with a huge change in, in, in FBA, the fulfillment by Amazon right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is you know, really hard for me. So yeah, I have to look at the results of it. I have to look at the results during COVID you know, and, and how my business has stayed alive during this time. Um, so I feel very grateful for the opportunity to sell on Amazon. So where are you hoping to be in the next three years or so? What are your goals? Yeah, I'm kind of interested right now in possibly expanding to um, Amazon India. And also I'm looking into Amazon Singapore, although they they haven't opened yet to clothing. I used to sell on Amazon uh, Europe and I live in Europe right now. And I I shut down Europe because there are um, so many, it's not a very supportive environment for entrepreneurs. And the the VAT, uh, it's really, I felt very penalized here. And so I just decided to withdraw, but I'm very excited about the potential 
of Amazon India. It's actually, they're saying, one of the fastest growing marketplaces and certainly the most fastest growing middle class. So I'm looking into that right now. And I'm also looking into some other vendors that are outside of uh, where I uh, manufacture now. But ultimately, my goal is to exit and to sell my business. And most likely in three, four to five years, uh, Back From Bali will be available for sale. I love that. That's great. That's a good goal. So when you're thinking about moving to other markets, what do you have to consider? I mean, you've already been in Europe, so you probably know probably the harshest market to be in and try and sell in. But when you're thinking about India or Singapore, how do you even approach that? Like what things do you have to do different? Do you think you know people there would be interested in the same products? Like what kind of things do you have to consider? Well, that's really interesting. Um, and a- Amazon India did approach me. So oh, cool. this is um, how this happened. So a few weeks ago, they wrote to me, we had a, a meeting. Reason why they wrote to me is because uh, little did I know, but Amazon was buying products from me at full price, all right, and reselling my products um, on Amazon India several years ago when they were first interested in entering and, and building out the India marketplace. So what they found was that my products were selling, and that is why they contacted me. Um, to see if I wanted to go forward because they've made certain trade agreements now with India and they've opened up uh, problems that were there several years ago and they couldn't really invite many sellers in, but now they can. So the first thing I asked was, okay, well, which product sold? And yeah. unfortunately they didn't have that data, which oh, is- really come kidding. on, if you're going to beta test, give us <laughs> the data. It's like, uh, so to answer your question, I will simply, I'm going to go with my uh, most, I will go with my most popular products and my product actually, that's a little bit less uh, Bali centric actually, mm-hmm. and a little bit more uh, general. For example, one of my best selling products is called, is a shrug, a woman shrug. It's basically like a little light cardigan. And I, I sell them in tons of colors and in all kinds of shapes and sizes one of my absolute best products, all all the different styles of them. So I think I may start with those. I'll basically, again, look at my data and I will look at what are my best sellers and I will start with my best sellers. Awesome. That'll be really cool to hear how that goes and what those other markets look like as you're exploring them. All right. I want to talk a bit about your book that you're writing. I want to hear what is the book called and what was the inspiration behind it? You know, I've been in uh, the e-commerce world and which basically means kind of living behind your computer a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is something we're all doing no matter what business you're in. But certainly when I was building this business, certainly that's where I spend my my time all the time. Um, And I started to feel like I have so much um, knowledge that I have gathered over these years and I wanted to share it. And, you know, in my, especially in my situation, because I was in my early fifties when I kind of made this big change in my life. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to get out the message to uh, women that it's never too late. And, you know, just because you're 50 or 60 or 40 or, you know, whatever, 37, some women even think it, it's never too late. And so I wanted to really write about what it takes to be successful and what are those keys. So the name of the book is Money and Freedom, Seven Keys to Seven Figures for Women Entrepreneurs. And I go through the different seven keys that were really the turning point for me. You know, for example, um, the the key of focus, that's that's key number two. Mm -hmm. I had two businesses at that time. 
and neither of them were doing really well. And I realized that the problem was I was not focused and that's the why. So when I would run to one business, that business would increase and the other one would go down, run to the other business. That one would go up. The other one would go down like a seesaw in a playground. That was constantly the state of my businesses. And I realized that I had to make a decision. And the decision was I had to let one business go and I had to go all in on one of them. And it was that moment when I was talking about when I said, there's no way I'm waking up, you know, next year and not making a certain amount over a hundred thousand in revenue in my business that I realized I need to let one of those businesses go. Mm -hmm. And I did. And that was the beginning of my success. So my book builds on the different keys to success that really ricocheted my business. And I know will help other women entrepreneurs too. Amazing. And when is it going to be available to purchase? Sometime in 2022. And if you're interested in it, just go to my website, which is my name, lesliecooster.com. And there is a a book tab there and just add your name to it. And I will let you know, we'll be doing a pre-launch. So cool. We will definitely be on the lookout for that when it's uh, pre-launching. Leslie, this has been awesome having you on the show. We'll definitely have to bring you back when you're expanding into other markets. But for now, where can people find out more about you and Back From Bali. Yeah, thanks for asking. So Back From Bali, you can find on Amazon and you can find also on my website at backfrombali.com. And you could find me, as I said, on YouTube, Back From Bali YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. If you're interested in really ricocheting your business, I do do consulting. I also have courses. So check me out at lesliecooster.com. Cool. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you'll probably also love our e-commerce newsletter. To get it delivered straight to your inbox every week, sign up at mission.org slash upnext in commerce. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.